The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. Hello, sunshine, and welcome to She Was the Fire. It's time to stop dancing in the dark. Let's start your fire and ignite your spark. We are up to episode 27, and I'm the host, Courtney Mangan. I'm the host, your host, whatever. You know me by now. Episode 27, and today I'm talking about all things launching my stationery collection. So I've had a lot of questions in my DMs of people saying they kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about the ins and the outs of starting my side hustle. So that's what we're doing today. But before we get started, let me just quickly do the shameless plug. If you want to buy my stationery, head to CourtneyMangan.com and also make sure that you follow me at CourtneyManganCo, which is the new handle for my new stationery collection. And you guys know, as always, share this potty with anybody that you think would find it valuable. All right, what I've been up to, obviously I've launched my collection. That's going to be a majority of what this episode's about, so I won't go into that in this first part. Um, then I've kind of started the festive season. It is, what day is it today? It's the 4th of November. Uh, It is election day in America at the time of me recording this. So I could step out of this podcast room to Donald Trump being president again, because it looks very undecided at the minute. Um, But that's neither here nor there. But last night we started the festive season with Sam had his tree ceremony. So mum, dad and I went over to Sam's house and he put up his Christmas tree. It's a bit of a um, tradition with our family that we go to each other's houses and put up the Christmas tree. With Sam it's um, – I just put on like one or two baubles because it's a very specific placement that he likes um, and I'm pretty sure that once I left he removed those two baubles and put them somewhere else. Um, so I, it's not a huge like – participation thing. It's more we sit around eating cheese and watch Sam and his housemate Amy put baubles on the tree listening to Mariah Carey and that's basically how it goes. Um, And I will probably do my treat next week if I can get my shit together in time for that. But yeah, I think this weekend I might go and buy my Peter Alexander Christmas pyjamas. I've got to get some new ones for the season because um, I've lost a lot of weight compared to when I've bought them in previous years, so I need some smaller ones. And also I've got to go and buy just a couple of little extra details for my tree. And then really all I've been doing is this this stationary launch. So I don't really have a lot to talk about, but I know on this weekend coming, I'm having like a little, I don't know, like a dinner with some of my friends just to celebrate launching this business. As you would know, one of my resolutions I've talked about before this year was to celebrate the small wins. And all this is not a really a very small win, like starting a side hustle is a big win. Um, I, I want to take the time to like go out and have a cocktail and be like, cheers, yay, all my hard work is paying off kind of thing. So I'm doing that on the weekend too. Okay, so before we get into today's topic, I want to quickly just recap goals because about a month ago I did my goal setting episode and in that I talked about how I wanted to talk about all of my goals every single month just to kind of recap those and track where I went, what I was achieving, all of that kind of stuff just so that we can sort of normalise reaching goals, not meeting goals, all that kind of stuff and um, just holding each of us accountable. So one of the main parts of what I was talking about last month for my goal setting was increasing my social um, following and also increasing the downloads for my podcast. So my goal for October for my at Courtney Mangan handle was to be 4,450. And as of the end of October, I reached 4,990. So I exceeded that goal. So that was really great. So how I grew there was pretty much because you know, this launch had created a lot of interest. I had a few influencers posting about me. So people have tagged you and that gets you more followers across. Um, Then of course, I started my own Instagram page for my side hustle, Courtney Mangan Co. And my goal was to get to a thousand before launch. And I met that target. So thank you very much for following me. My goal for She Was The Fire Instagram was to go to 1,250 and I reached 1,300 by the end of October. So I exceeded that goal. My goal for Facebook was to get to 400, sorry, 250 followers and I reached 259. So that's good. And then we've got uh, my downloads. I exceeded my download goal by about... uh, almost 2,000. I'm just having a look at those. So I wanted to get to 26,000 and I reached 27,800. My average downloads, my goal was to try to consistently be getting a thousand downloads, which 
over the 90, sorry, over 30 days, that is what I'm getting. So from once something goes live about 30 days later, I'm sort of hitting that thousand mark, but I would like to be able to get that, you know, up to like the first two weeks, thousand days. So it's definitely something I'm working towards, but my average downloads has increased a little bit over the month as well. So that's really good. So I've got a few goals there for November. So for Courtney Mangan, we're trying to get to 5,250. For Courtney Mangan Co., we're trying to get to 1,500. For She Was The Fire, we're trying to get to 1,500. Uh, Facebook, we're trying to get 275 followers in my closed Facebook group. I'd like to get to 33,000 downloads for um, the podcast. I would also like to be averaging 1,150 per episode. So that's kind of where we're at. And then obviously my other major goal was to like launch the side hustle um, in the first week of November. And I did that too. So that's kind of my recap for my goals for October. Um, Sorry, where I met my goals for October and where I was where I'm trying to work towards for November. So that just gives you a little bit of an idea about where we're at. And some of you might be thinking, wow, there's like a lot of focus on growing your Instagram and like, is it all about numbers and stuff like that? And I'll go into that a little bit later in this episode about influence. But it is important for me because me sharing every bit of my life is actually really it seems like, oh my God, you just pick up the camera and it's so simple. And a lot of people think that, but until you are sharing every inch of your life and trying to figure out how to also make that valuable for someone that's consuming it, it's actually kind of difficult and you need to be motivated. I need to remember that I have to pick up my phone and do these things and think like, oh, I'm cooking dinner. Oh, hang on. This is a quick hack that I do for dinner. Share that, you know, or what's an interesting way to show this work stuff that I'm doing today so it's not boring for the list of the watching, you know, people that are watching. So it's actually a good way to keep me motivated and always keep me on track that what I'm trying to do is reach more people, one, so I can spread awareness about skin cancer and wearing SPF every single day and also to inspire other women to live the life that they've always dreamed. And I want to obviously be increasing all the time. And so setting these goals really helps keep me motivated and it helps keep me on track to make sure that I'm you know, heading in the right direction because I don't want to put out a podcast and just sit here and be like, oh, whatever. I don't care how many people listen. It is what it is. You know, I want to be able to reach and help as many people as possible. And so I want to be able to set those goals so that every month it's like, okay, well, how am I going to increase? You know, do I need a guest that's going to be able to get me more exposure? Do I need to start posting different content because this kind of content performed better than this? You know, it makes you assess everything that you're doing. And I want to always be giving value. And the only way that I know I'm giving value is if sort of my engagement is getting higher or I'm getting great responses from you guys or I'm increasing my following, you know, because people are sharing my content and I'm getting out there more. So that's all sort of what's key for me. And as you know, my end game is to get to 10,000 followers on Courtney Mangan because I want that bloody swipe up. So that's my ultimate goal. <laughs> anyway, um, so moving on. So that's kind of where the goals are at the minute. And I just, just to clarify that in case anybody doesn't know, unless you have 10,000 followers on Instagram, you don't get the swipe up ability and being able to swipe up makes a huge difference instead of saying, go to the link in my bio, because they have to like exit out of the Insta story, then go to the link in bio, then choose the thing in the link in bio to then go to what they need to. Whereas if it's just a swipe up, I can take you straight to this week's episode. You know, you don't have to do 15 million steps. And so it means that I can get my message out there faster because people are more likely to swipe up because it's just so much easier. I'm just getting one action out of them, you know? So that's the key there. All right, into this week's Firestarter, and it is another Shawn Mendes song. <laughs> There's nothing holding me back. I just thought, like, this is such a happy song. I play it all the time if I'm, like, feeling, like, a bit low energy. It just makes me so, like, joyful because I talked about how, you know, joyful Shawn Mendes is in concert. It re- reminds me of that. But also the song is just, like, such a great anthem, such great energy. And I think it's, like, really timely for this episode because, you know, there were lots of things holding me back before doing this launch, and I've really, like, changed my mindset and really gotten my life, you know, turned, I don't want to say turned around because it's not like I was like some sort of, you know, in in the depths of despair or anything. Like I was just coasting through life and I was happy with it just being as it was, being comfortable. And I've kind of turned that on its head and really changed things. And now I do feel like nothing is holding me back. All right, let's ignite today's topic, starting a side hustle. So I've tried to like write out as many things as I can remember it. As I was going through the process, I was sort of 
writing down things that were going wrong or things that were good key learnings to try to remember to talk about in this episode. But obviously a lot goes into a side hustle. I have asked you guys for some questions, which I'll go through, but a lot goes into this. So I'm not going to be able to cover every single thing. And I'm obviously going to forget some stuff. So we might do a follow-up episode at another point, but this is kind of all the things, the steps that I, you know, as much as I can talk about right now anyway. So the first thing is that I have always wanted to have my own stationery since I was a really young age. And it wasn't really that I wanted it to be a business. It was more I've always wanted to be able to make my own so that I could have what the fuck I wanted because I, I'm like Goldilocks, a stationery. I try 15 million different diaries. I'll try all these different pens. I'll try different highlighters, different posts, all these different things until I find exactly what I want. And I just never feel like anything really meets my needs. I'm always having to change things or like cross out stuff or I don't use parts of it, that kind of thing. Or it's like the page is right, but then it's not the style of book that I want or the front of it is not cute. There's all these different things that just don't quite meet my needs. And so I've always thought in my life, like, you know what, one day when I was young, I want to be so rich that I could just design my own diary <laughs> and then have exactly what I wanted. Um, and so, you know, that that's like mega rich because minimum orders on doing your own diary would be like quite expensive, I would assume. Um, but instead, what I've now decided is to do my own side hustle. So I'll sell some so that I can have my own as well. <laughs> um, but so it's something that I have thought about for a very long time. My dad is actually a bit of a stationary nut and he's obsessed with the perfect pen. I remember when I was quite young, my mum bought my dad a gold pen. Like it was literally a very expensive pen because it was gold. It was like 18 karat gold, I think. And he used to take it everywhere with him. He put it in like his, you know, like the collar of your top you know, where your buttons are kind of thing, like just below the collar. You know how men put their pens in there all the time? And he'd have it in there. We weren't allowed to use a special pen. And one day he lost it and I was blamed for it. It was like a whole ordeal. And then he found it, it was fine. But um, it was a very special pen. So I've kind of always had this presence around me that was like, you know, stationery is very important. You look after it. You get exactly right, what you need, all that kind of stuff. So I've always been very particular with stationery. And um, I've also been really obsessed with quotes for years and years and years. I remember I wrote a bucket list when I was like in grade nine, I think. Um, and I wrote that I want to be someone that is quotable and someone no, not sorry, not someone that's quotable, someone that can speak in quotes. So you know how there are those people, even when you watch Oprah, she'll say, you know, my Angelou once said to me, when you know better, you do better, you know. And I was like, one day I want to be someone that's so smart that they remember quotes and they can speak in quotes. Um, so it's always been a really big thing to me. I think when I was 18, I think I even got a tattoo. I know I got a tattoo. I was just can't remember the age. It was like 18 or 19. I got one of my favorite quotes tattooed on my body. Knowledge is power. power. So I'm big on quotes as well. So this whole thing has been something that's sort of been brewing for a long time with me, but it was never something very specifically that I wrote down like one day I want to be Kiki K or anything like that. And since the cancer diagnosis, I have kind of said, I think that I want to start my own organization, productivity, stationary kind of stuff. And there's a lot of things in the pipeline around that that aren't just necessarily about stationary, um, but I've been having these ideas since the cancer stuff and thinking, you know, as you know, financial freedom, all that stuff I've talked about before that I'm looking into. But I kept saying I have to wait to get to 10,000 followers because you can't sell anything without a swipe up. And I kept kind of telling myself that I guess it was a limiting belief. Just kept telling myself about that over and over and over again. And then after trying so hard to increase my following, you know, I'm doing all the things, I'm posting regularly, you know, utilizing hashtags, putting out engaging content, all that kind of stuff, you know, all the markers of things you're supposed to be doing, you know, replying to comments, all that kind of stuff to increase your following, all the things that I've been doing for quite some time and making sure that my content is really resonating with people. When people give me, you know, feedback, they really like certain content, I try to focus on that, you know, all of that kind of stuff I've been doing and it's really hard to get rapid growth on Instagram these days. And so whilst I have grown, I hit 2,000 followers at the end of last year and I'm over 5,000 now, which was my goal to get to 5,000 by the end of this year. But in my head, I was like, you know what, 10,000 is going to happen in like 2023. That's a long time to kind of wait to start 
something that you really want to do. But I just didn't really believe in myself that much. So the first thing I kind of did was test the waters because I thought like, well, I'm working up to 10K. Why don't I test the waters a little bit? So what I did firstly was I started offering something for free on my website. I thought, you know what, let's see without a swipe up if I can get people to go to my website. And the best way to do that firstly is to offer them something for free. So I started doing the wallpapers and the backgrounds for your phones and your computer. That was my first thing. And I thought, look, if I can get someone to go across for something for free, it's not the same as buying things, but at least it gets people used to going across to my website. So that was my very first thing. Then the second thing was offering my daily planner printable, my free printable. And I've also done a goal setting printable. And I thought like, let's see if I can offer something for free, if people are going to download it and then print it every day. And if they're liking the structure that I've put out there and kind of how I like things to be structured, let's let's test that. And so I was starting to get really good numbers of people going to my website and downloading things. And obviously in the back of my mind, I still knew that doesn't necessarily translate to sales because something for free is very different than paying for something. But at least I could see that people were willing to exit out of an Insta story, go to the link in my bio, and then press another button and another button, another button to finally then download something for free. So it showed me at least people were willing to take action. And so I was kind of doing that every month to get people used to going to my website. It was an easy process. They know how to do it. It's something they're used to doing. It's about that repetition. And, um, That's kind of where I was starting to build what was happening there. Um, And it was that sort of process. And I also, during that time, was trying to work with um, building my relationship with influencers better. So up until this year, I had kind of allowed Sam – well, not allowed Sam. I'd sort of hidden myself in the shadows and – Sam had been the only person that was out there networking and I wouldn't have built any of those relationships unless I kind of knew people face-to-face regularly that I would see at events. But this year I really made it important to make sure that I was building those relationships with influencers because one, we have, you know, the Spin Studio Network, which is great for podcasting and we can get better guests if I have better relationships with them. You know, we can get better talent actually to have their own podcast. And then of course, Obviously, it also then helps me to have all these relationships with people if I ever do launch my own business. So instead of just like being too scared to become friendly with influencers because I was like, oh, I'm not cool enough, you know, I was like, no, what? No. Put yourself out there and, you know, these people are lovely. You get along with them. Like, why wouldn't they like you, Courtney? So then I started to build relationships with influencers. Now I have a lot of friends through that method and it's been really great for both my business and me personally to sort of open up my friendship group. Um, but, you know, it was important for me to sort of start laying that groundwork. And at the time, I don't really think that I was even knowing that I was doing it for my own side hustle, but I knew that I was doing it to like, one, it helped with my confidence in the business that I was already in. So with the Spin Studio Network, when an influencer comes in and they're like, oh my God, Courtney, hey, like as a guest or whatever, or when the the talent comes in and I'm trying to organize, you know, topics and stuff for them, they trust me more because I've built those relationships. I'm not just some random that just like pops up and I'm like, hey, I'm here to produce your episode, you know, so it's important for me to build those relationships. And so I've been doing that for the past year now. So those are kind of the the initial groundwork things that I was doing that actually wasn't really anything specifically to do with this side hustle, but all things that were like laying the groundwork. Um, And so I guess I, I can't even say exactly when it started. It was just that I was like, you know what? I can't keep waiting for 10K. That's ridiculous. Like that's, that's getting silly. I'll do something next year. I've kind of missed the boat for this year. It'll take me too long to launch something. And that was, I guess, in August. Um, I've missed the boat for this year, so I'll start next year. And that's kind of what I said. And then one day Sam was like, what are you doing? What do you mean next year? Because I went into him and I was like, oh, I want to talk about diaries for next year. He's like, what do you mean next year? Do something now. I was like, now? I have no time now. And this is like mid-September he's saying this to me. He's like, why not? Just start something do it now and kind of gave me a bit of a kick up the butt. And I was kind of like, wow, I need to listen back to my own podcast episodes because yeah, I kind of do need to just start now. And so then it was kind of about figuring out a date. And that wasn't like, that was a hard realization because I was like, you know what, if I want to launch this based on how our other businesses work, I have to launch this at the latest, the first week of November. And it is right now, September. So I was like, holy shit, that's going to be really quick turnaround. And 
So I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I've got to do it now. So I started the process. I think it was around the 17th of September. And then, yeah, it was, hang on, let me just quickly, I wrote it down the day. Yeah, 17th of September was the day I downloaded Canva. And that was the day that I started this process. And then I launched on the 2nd of November. So around 45 days, a month and a half, it took me to get this side hustle off the ground. So let's get into it now, exactly how I did that, I guess. Um, So the first thing was making sure I had the handles. So I went and got my Instagram handle. And then the second thing was would be like, obviously, you've got to have your website domains, but I already had my own blog, CourtneyMangan.com. So I already had that. So that was under control. Then there was the design and the logo. So then I went to Canva and I paid for Canva Pro straight away because I didn't want to be limited by the free resources. But if you want to do it, and you don't have money to be able to pay for that, then that's fine. Then you can just go for the free version. And it just, it does limit you on what you can do. Um, But for me, it's $17.99 Australian a month. And I was like, you know what, if I'm going to try and start a side hustle, like I can afford 20 bucks a month to be able to do this and you can cancel at any time. So um, I'd never used Canva before. But I just jumped on YouTube for any questions that I had, typed questions into Google. You can Google anything, literally. If If you're like, I don't know how to do something and you just stop there, what the fuck is wrong with you? Type it into Google. Someone has done a YouTube video on it or somebody has answered it in a Reddit question box. (laughs) So go and look it up. It's super user-friendly Canva and I found it to be super seamless. As soon as like I'd watch a couple of different YouTube tutorials on like a few questions I had, you kind of wrap your head around, around the way that the whole program works and so it's so easy. So Canva allows you to make Insta stories, Instagram posts. I did all the designs for all of my stationery. I designed my logo through Canva. I did the whole quote calendar through Canva. Like you can literally do so many things through Canva. You can make flyers, you can make thumbnails, like a whole bunch of stuff and it's really user-friendly and they have like free stock images if you wanted to use those as well. So it's really great. They have lots of different logos in there. There's great colors and like little prints and things that you can add. So I highly recommend Canva. And so yeah, the first thing I had to do, I knew was the design of the books because that had to physically be printed. Yes, of course, it's important for me to build a website with a shop in it, but I knew that I could do that at any point. Whereas the products had to be printed at a printer and I couldn't do that myself. So I knew that that had to be the first thing, the design. I knew that that was also going to take a bit of time because I would like, I printed them out myself just on the printer at work and had my staff tested out to make sure there was enough space for the people to write, um, that the sections were big enough, you know, that like I had all the essential things in it and all of that. So it was just that testing process. And then after I kind of like whittled it down to some of the designs I like, I had some test prints done with my printer. And yeah, it was just about making sure that I had everything that was on brand as well. So I sat down and thought about like, what are the essentials that I would use myself personally that I want in a planner? And what are the things that are also on brand for the people that follow me? So like having the thought of the day on there, you know, I do that all the time, my podcast and every single day I put a quote up on my Instagram. So I felt like that was on brand. I'm really big on productivity, tracking your productivity, prioritizing. So I had those elements in there. And then also up until a couple of weeks ago, I have just had no time to do it, but I will get back into it in a minute. I was sharing all the content that I can every day, the podcast, the books, the courses and things that I did. And so I thought, you know, I think that's key as well to show that people should be trying to upskill themselves and consume more content content, and to add that at the bottom of the planner too. So that's kind of what happened. Um, then once I had the test prints, I realized some of the colors that were like the muted, very tonal colors, which are very trendy, I realized they just were not me. My whole Instagram is pops of color. And so I quickly decided, you know what, I'm not going to try and be a trend driven brand. I want this to be things that are what I would want, what resonate with me and what I think is what my brand represents. And sometimes that's really hard. Not you know, I spoke about this last week with the wild ones. It is hard sometimes not to do what you think everybody wants at the time. And, you know, but trends come and go so quickly. And so it's important to do what you think is on brand for you, what you're comfortable with. So then there was that. Then I needed a logo. <laughs> um, and I think that people think I'm going to say something special here, but I literally went into Canva, chose a font I liked, and it was my name. So I just typed it in. 
And then that was pretty much the extent of that. Um, and then a lot of people have asked about finding a printer. Now, James Cosmetics, which I'm the creative director for and is a brand that Sam owns, my brother, they print boxes for all of their products, their eye masks and all of that, and they print a lot of boxes. So I just went to our normal printer who we've had a relationship with for years and he's Gold Coast based and I wanted to support local. And so I went to him and that was a really easy process for me. That was work that had already been done. But, you know, I don't think finding printers is that difficult. Again, you just Google it. You try and build these relationships and reach out to people, get different prices. It's not really rocket science. Don't let that part of it be the roadblock for you. Um, And yes, that was pretty much that. Um, And as I was designing the one notepad, it was always the big one that I had in mind, the A4. I realized that... um, I didn't have any minimums. I spoke to my printer and I said to him, like, what's the minimum I need to order here? And because I have a relationship with him, he's like, I don't care, whatever you want. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a few designs because originally it was just going to be one pad. All I was releasing was one notepad, one design, one layout. That's all I was doing. And I thought, you know what, if there's no minimum here, I can choose a few different layouts. So that's what I'm doing. I went with like two bigger ones, two smaller ones, four different color schemes. Um, And that was sort of how that kind of worked. Um, and then I decided like, oh, you know what? In an episode a few weeks ago, I talked about shop. I talked about what was the episode? It was like girl hacks or whatever, girl boss hacks or something for a busy woman. And I talked about my shopping list that I've always been looking for. And I always make it on my phone because I can't find the shopping list that I want. So I thought I'll just make that. And a few of my stuff were like, I love a magnetic shopping list. So I was like, okay, well, that will just be something that's like quick and easy and like a bit of a cheapie that I can just chuck in that, you know, it's not a huge price point that I think end up being $12. People can just be like, oh, that's something just simple that they can chuck into their cart. So I thought that could be a good idea as well. So that's kind of how the shopping list came about. And then there's the quote calendar. And as you know, I love quotes. I've dreamed of having my own quote calendar for years Every single job I've had ever since I've been working like at a desk pretty much, so since I was like 19, I have had some sort of a quote calendar on my desk. So whether it was like I used to have a far side cartoon, every day I'd rip off a new cartoon that'd be on there. Um, Sometimes it was a quote calendar. As you've seen, I have the flip book quote card that that was just like a flip book. There was no calendar aspect to that. Um, I've also had like um, a no fucks given quote calendar, which is like a book out there by Sarah Knight. I have hers every day that I rip that off. And that was like every single day, 365 days a week. They're just like black and white shitty paper. You rip it off for the new day kind of thing. Um, But I didn't quite want to do that. I wanted it to be unique and I wasn't quite sure how I wanted to do it. I knew that I I couldn't really do a 365 days of quotes and make them good quality because it would be too thick. And I didn't want to do the cheapy ripoff one. I wanted something that was really pretty that could sit on your desk and you could keep it all year round. You could buy it in July or you could buy it in March or you could buy it in December and it would still work. And so that's when I was like, but how can I do that without doing the date? But like, with doing the date. So that's when I came up with just doing the number of the day. So the first, the second, the third, the fourth, but it's not attached to any month. So you just start over every single month, but you still get your hundred quotes in there. So that's kind of how that came about. And once I'd like thought of it, I was like, oh my God, that's it straight away. I didn't um and ah over it. And I had sort of said to myself, there's no chance I can pull off a quote calendar, like coming up and finding a hundred quotes. And I designed every single one of those pages individually myself. They're all different color schemes, all different designs. I designed a hundred of those all by myself, all the numbers, all the calendar side ones. I made all of those individually. So it's like 200 will end up being like 150 individual pages that I had to design myself. That took a fucking shit ton of time, let me tell you. Um, and so I was like, there's no way I can pull this off in time. But the minute I kind of realized I want to do the one a day thing, the one, two, three, four, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly it. That's exactly the calendar I've been wanting to make all these years. And I didn't even realize. And then I was really excited and I was like, you know what? I'm going to hustle. I'm going to get it done. And so that's kind of how that came about. 
Um, so yeah, then it was just like all about the different test prints, um, having people vote on my Instagram, spell checking things, testing all the spacing. And there was that process kind of done that I gave those to the printers. They had the files and we were finished. And I literally did that. I had a deadline to get them to the printers in order to get the prints to me in time for my photo shoot. And I was literally at the hospital with a cannula in my arm. So they were waiting to put the cancer treatment in my system. I was sitting at the hospital and I said to her, because my when they put my, um, they give me Finergan and it knocks me out within, I want to say 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm like pretty drowsy and can't really function as soon as it's in my body. Maybe three minutes, 30 seconds is a bit rich. But I literally said to the nurse, one minute, I just need to make one last edit and then I can send it to the printer. So I was literally on my laptop, on a hospital bed, typing in my last change and then I hit send and I was like, hit me with the drugs. And that is like how down to the wire that came to. (laughs) So it was pretty full on. Um, So that's that process. So then I'm moving on to like website stuff. And I had already had my website on Squarespace. So I did a bit of research on looking at Squarespace compared to Shopify. And there wasn't a huge amount of difference. Each of them had their pros and cons. If I was starting from scratch, it might be a little bit different. If I had a lot of time, it might be a little bit different. But because my website was already on Squarespace, I already knew how to do how a website kind of functions, understanding the the way, the personality of a website essentially is very important. So I thought, you know what, I've never made a shop on Squarespace before, but I understand Squarespace's, you know, tendencies. So I thought, since I know how this kind of works, it's going to be easier for me to work within Squarespace. I don't have to teach myself a whole new platform. And it depends on like what you kind of need from it, but it's anywhere from like $34 to $52 AUD to have like a shopping facility on their website. It was pretty user-friendly. There were a little bit of fiddly things. There were some learnings along the way, you know, finding that you need to take photos in squares rather than landscape and all that kind of stuff. Then I had to set up the bank account. Then I had to set up the Stripe account to make sure I could take FPOS payments. Um, And then it was just, yeah, figuring out how to make the shop. And again, if I didn't understand something, I just Googled it. I literally made the shop all by myself. It was just the last morning. So I think it was like 8.30. I was launching at 10 and Sam was just going through the website and he was like, oh, you need to... Like I hadn't added the privacy um, statement. I had added it to the website, but it had to be added to a specific section to be like legally binding or something. I don't know. Luckily, Sam has a law degree. So although it was on my website and I'd already written it, I had it on its own page, but it needs to be specifically added to the cart or the shopping page or something. I don't know. Sam added it there, so it was all fixed. So that was fine. So it was a couple of little things that Sam fixed for me. Um, and then I realized like I kind of needed to do an EDM as well. Like I, you, you need a bit of a database to send things to. So about a month out, I decided that I was going to tell people that I was doing like a court report. People really like my recommendations. So I thought, okay, well, let's tell my followers to sign up. I want to try to start with at least 100 people on my EDM so that when I launch, I can tell 100 people, here's a link, go to my shop straight away. So I started with my court report and I'll continue to do those emails probably once a month. Um, but I started with the court report, enticed people to go. And then I did like another hook a few weeks later where I said like, I'll tell you on the EDM the launch date first if you sign up. So then I got another 100 people to sign up. And so, yeah, it started with a very, obviously I've got a very small EDM, but I just thought like that's 200 people that are obviously super interested that I can email on the day and tell them when I've launched. And that's like, you know, that's important marketing. So that's how I started with that. I obviously had to teach myself how to send the EDM. That all happens within Squarespace. I think it's an extra $7 a month in order to send EDMs. So I added that on too. Um, And then, yeah, I think that was kind of the, that side of things. And then it was the photo shoot. So because I knew I was going to need a lot of content, I knew I had to start the photo shoot. So I was seeing, um, you know, a lot of reach in reels as opposed to videos. So I was like, okay, I need to plan some reels. They seem to be working really good on Instagram. I need to get some hero images for the website. I need to get some product shots for the website. And I kind of just listed out all the things that I wanted to do um, and then had that plan there. Um, Again, with this supplier, I um, went with a local guy to do all of my printing and then my my envelopes, you know, the rose gold envelopes you might have seen on the gram or if you've purchased, you might have received one. With those, I um, used, again, James Cosmetics has used a company in Melbourne many times before. And so I just used them as well. So 
it was just about I, I didn't reinvent the wheel or anything. It was like people that we already have relationships with and I've used before for my suppliers. But again, Google is pretty simple for those things. I wasn't like really cutting that many corners that nobody else could do it if they wanted to, you know? Um, all right. So somebody asked me if I had a plan, like if I wrote anything down and like really I didn't have like a specific, you know, I didn't write down like a marketing plan, a business plan, all that kind of stuff. I didn't do any of that. I Obviously I have experience in service-based businesses and things like that. It's not quite the same, but I have done things before and I just you saw that I was like, one day I need to just do this now. And I was kind of winging it. And to be honest, this was just kind of a test. I just thought, you know, the ultimate goal for me is to release a diary and that's going to take a lot more time. I'm going to have to be Goldilocks and test every diary under the sun and get a supplier and that whole thing. Um, and so I just thought this is a test just to see if I can move any product, if people are interested in this coming from me at all? Do people want organizational tools from me? I don't know. Let's test it. So it wasn't really that deep. I know a lot of people, they'll spend months coming up with like a full plan, but this was something that I was really just winging it. Um, and like, let's just test it and see what happens. And that is how Sam has also done James Cosmetics in the very beginning. He started with like one product. It was quite simple. Let's get it out and just see if people respond to this. And so, you know, I've talked about before, like not waiting all the time for everything to be exactly perfect. And, you know, like it's, you know, you have to have all these boxes ticked and then you wait forever and you never really start. So for me, it was like, let's just do what I can do within this time limit, try and get it all right, and then test it and see what happens. Um, someone asked me how much money did I want to make, and I didn't have any goal for how much money I wanted to make. It was a pretty low investment for me, to be honest, because of all of my contacts. I was able to get like good prices and really it was under $4,000, I reckon, that I've spent on this whole thing. Um, and so, you know, like I, I had – Aaron, my videographer guy who I pay a wage to every single to, you know week for my normal businesses. So I, you know, when I asked him, like he's, yes, he's an employee, but he's also one of my friends. Same with Lang, same with Belinda, all of my staff. But I asked him for a personal favor to help me on a weekend to be able to like take these photos and, you know, help style me, help organize it, you know, help get these videos off the ground, edit videos, all of that kind of stuff. And they were kind enough to help me. I'm taking them all out to dinner this week as a thank you. Um, but, you know, I was able to get their services, which, for anybody else, that would be, you know, to get Aaron to do those things is not the cheapest thing in the world. It's obviously not like completely breaking the bank, but that was a saving that I was able to make because of my relationships with people. Um, and I literally, people ask me about quantities. I have no advice on that. Again, I've never had a product-based thing. Like this isn't my expertise. I was literally winging it. I took a stab in the dark and I ordered a hundred of each product and that seemed to be a good amount for a lot of them. The quote calendar was the bestseller. It has sold out. Um, so I had to quickly get reprints. Everyone was like, how did you get new things printed like within 24, 48 hours? And it's because Sam spends a lot of money with his printers through James Cosmetics. So I'm able to have these relationships and say like, oh my gosh, it's selling so quickly, please help me. And so my printer guy was like, you know, we're really close to him. And so he was like, of course, Courtney, I'll get it done for you. So, you know, so thankful to um, my printer guy. He's amazing. But that's also not something necessarily everybody can do. Um, so I, I do realize that. The other thing was like influences and figuring out the next step was like figuring out who I wanted to send it to um, and who I thought would be worth sending it to. So what influences had I built relationships with that were my friends that I was like, you know what, I want to send them my, my products. And then who were some others that I'm friendly with that I feel like I might have a shot of them sharing it. So it was about going through that list and having a look at like who's worth it. There was definitely a portion of me that was like, yes, I'm friendly with this person, but I know that their demo is male. So that's probably not going to be worth it. You know, all of that kind of stuff as well. Um, you know, and, and that that's really hard because I'm not like a normal person where I you don't have any relationships with influencers and it's difficult because um, you can't expect someone just because you're friends with them to post about it. You know what I mean? Like I've had several friends who have no influence. They're not like big influencers or anything. There's normal people and they haven't posted about it. And then I've had influencers who I just have 
small relationship with post about it and I've been very thankful. So it's very hard to know what somebody was willing to do on their Instagram for you for free and it's hard to know where your relationship is. Like you might be happy to go out and have drinks with them but they might hold their Instagram as something really important. You know, they might say like, you know what, no, I get paid $7,000 to post on my Insta story. So unfortunately I need to leave that to just brands that pay me. You know, who knows? You, You can't expect anything. So there was that element of like, shit, I've only got a hundred of each product. So I really need to be careful with who I do send this to, like who potentially is going to support me in this. And, you know, of course I have supported a lot of these influencers as well myself, but my reach isn't very big. So they might not have thought like, oh, well, she supported me. I support her because maybe my reach doesn't mean as much. So it's like, it's a very hard thing and there were just some that I just took a stab in the dark. Others were like, you know, I want you to have it. I know that you'll like my notepads. I want you to have them. You know, it just you just got to try your best with these things. And then I think the final thing that was like in my control was the A6 card. So once Aaron had edited my photos, I chose the photo that I thought popped the most and chose that as my A6 thank you card. So that was kind of the, and I designed that myself as well and got that to the printer myself too. So that was pretty much that. And then the final thing was postage and that was really out of my hands and I would say the worst part of this whole process. So my dad handles all of the shipping for James Cosmetics. That's his job at the warehouse. And so thankfully I had someone that already kind of was experienced in this area to ask these questions, who had a direct line to Australia Post to ask about prices. You know, a lot of the prices have to be estimates. Some people were asking, like, how do you choose the prices? And it's just about talking to Australia Post and like a bit of a guesstimate, to be honest, because I didn't know like what quantities you guys would buy or what parts of the world slash country you'd be buying things from. So that's, you do have to take an estimate. I looked at what was kind of the going price on the market that people are willing to pay for delivery and kind of worked it around that. You know, and to be honest, there are some orders where I have lost money on delivery, but then some where I have gained a little bit. So it kind of like evens itself out. But to me, it's like a bit of a guess, you know, and I didn't want to overcharge on delivery. So I tried to be like conservative with it. And then, um, you know, I, I could have been like, oh, you know, it's gonna be like $30 to America just in case somebody orders so many products, you know, or I could have done it based on weight, but it just becomes so complicated. I wanted to keep it simple. And I thought, you know, there's, I'm not going to get 10,000 orders or anything in the first day. So if I just said it at something quite, you know, easy and consumable, sorry, easy to like understand for people, it's these set prices, flat rates. If I lose a few dollars here or there, it's not going to be a big deal. And I can adjust that down the track. So I'm kind of happy with the prices that they've been set out and they'll probably stay the way that they are. There were just a a few that I kind of like big orders that went overseas and then they chose Express that were a little bit more expensive than I anticipated, but they were just anomalies. But that's always going to be part of the process. Um, I was also asked, did I have connections with printers? Yes. Did I have connections with influencers? Yes. A lot of them. However, I will say that you can also start working on those relationships too. It's not exclusive to me. Yes, I am able to get further a little bit more because I get better discounts because we already order with these guys, all that kind of stuff. But in saying that, like our printer is a local guy and if it was me and I was starting from scratch, I would find someone local and say to them, look, I'm local, I want to support local, what can we do to work together? And I would try and negotiate with all these people and not accept the first prize. That's what I would recommend, like do your research. And then when it comes to influencers, some of these influencers that I sent things to, I have had no relationship with through my work whatsoever. So a lot of them, I've had something to do with podcasts or something to do with, you know, Spinning Co, all the businesses that I I work in. But some of them are just purely me networking as an average person in their DMs. So you engage with these people. If you have an influencer that you really want to work with, follow that influencer, reply to all of their, you know, comment on all of their posts. When they do polls, participate in their polls. If they do something cute, don't don't inundate them with DMs, guys, okay? Let's not be too thirsty. But, you know, sometimes if they're doing cute things on their stories, be like, oh, my God, love, or do little response to them, you know, buy their products, tag them in things, try to get in their DMs and start that that little relationship. A lot of influencers will reply to people and that's kind of when you can start that relationship. You know, I've had several influencers that, as I said, I've had nothing to do with through work, but they've kind of... I've engaged with them, they've engaged with me and we've kind of just 
built that relationship and that's just how it happened. And then because, you know, we're close and I've supported them, they are going to support me. That, that's the kind of thing that happens. So it's not exclusive to me because I work in the industry. Yes, there are certain people I'm getting to that you're probably not going to be able to get to in the industry as easily. However, there are definitely people out there that have built relationships from just sliding into influencers' DMs and engaging with their content over time. So start doing that now. If you're thinking about building a business, start doing that now and build those relationships now. Do not wait for the week before you launch. Then be like, hi, babe, love your content. Can I send you something for free? No obligation. And then they're like, who the fuck is this? You know what I mean? Like I have been engaging with these people for a year now. And so then when I turned around and said, hey, lovely, you've probably seen me, you know, because now they follow me back. You know, I've built those relationships. I'm, you know, harping on about this stationary line. I'd love to send you something. They were like, oh my God, so cute. You know, and look, I'll be honest, not everyone I send something to shared it. And I get it. That's the the way this business works. You know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. But you've got to just try, you know. So don't try and do this overnight. Relationships with influencers is like friends. If you're going to ask them to send them something free and expect them to post, you have to build a friendship with them and you can't just meet someone in the street and the next week ask them for a favour. Do you know what I mean? And you can't ask. I didn't ask a single person to post for me. I just sent it and hoped for the best. And that's all you can do. You know, if you want to ask, you need to pay and I will pay influencers down the track now that I've sort of started that whole process. But for the minute at the start, I was like, you know, I'm just going to hopefully bank on my relationships and hopefully that's going to get me somewhere, you know, but don't always go for the big dogs either. People with a smaller following can often have an engaged following. For example, I've just sold in 48 hours, I did 170 orders and I have 5,000 followers. You know, that was like a great result. You know, obviously I did have some influencers post, but a majority of those sales did come from my people before any influencers posted. So, you know, and influencers didn't like say, go buy this. Plenty of them didn't do swipe ups. I just got a tag, you know. So a lot of that came from my small following, which is you guys, you know, you supported me. It's amazing. And so don't just think like, I want to target the big dogs because people can have really engaged followings, but they can be smaller. And sometimes that's more important than an unengaged or disengaged following that's larger all the time. That's more important. So do your research when you're working with influencers and figure out who has an engaged following. Um, other questions that I got were strategies for um, the photo shoot. Well, I worked backwards from that. So I sat down and I figured out the content that I needed. So I knew I needed hero shots to the website. I needed a product shot to the website, which I knew had to be squared out. So that was something I had to you know, be mindful of the dimensions that you're working within as well. You know, don't film a video and then be like, oh shit, I filmed at landscape and it's supposed to go on Insta story. You know, um, I knew I needed stuff for EDMs. I knew I needed social photos. I needed video content, how to two videos. I knew that reels were getting really good engagement because Instagram is pushing reels at the moment. So I knew I wanted to do some of those. And then I just worked backwards. So what I needed from them and then tried to prep as much as I could to minimize waste on the day. And the way that we always work here with photo shoots is you have like a goal list of exactly what you 100% need. And then you have a list of like if we get to it. So we always over cater and hustle. We never have like, here are the five images that I need and that's it. And then all of a sudden you've got two hours to spare and it's like, oh, we finished. No. I was like, we're working the full eight hours. We're getting as much as we can out of this. So we did something like 17 outfit changes. We went to 11 different locations to get all of those shots. And so we really hustled to get everything in, but it's a lot of content. I don't have to do a shoot or anything for a while now. Um, And then I also got asked just generally, how long did it take from idea to launch? As I said, I've been thinking about this for a long time, but I downloaded Canva on the 17th of September. That was the day that I started this process um, and launched 45 days later. So yeah, also um, I was in the press. So the Courier Mail did a write-up on me and that had nothing to do with me asking or reaching out. Yes, I have a PR company. I haven't done any PR for myself though. I had built a relationship with a journalist who when I messaged her and said, hey, lovely, I want to send you my notepads. She said, oh my God, yes, I'm so excited. I've been watching the journey. Um, I'd love to write a story. And that's how that happened as well. So, but 
In saying that, there's nothing shameless about sending your own little information to a journalist and sending them some of your goodies and hoping that they write a story. You know, send them a little press release. Everyone can find journalists' emails online. They all of them have Twitter accounts that you can get it. So LinkedIn, you know, promote yourself. You got to do it. Um, all right. So just in the in the way of results. Um, so I had, as I said, 170 orders in the first 48 hours. I'm almost at 200 orders now. And, um, from, for, I think about three weeks, I, I was managed to get a thousand followers on the Courtney Mangan Co Instagram. So that's kind of the results there. Um, and I wanted to go into key learnings as well that I kind of got from this. So one is that, like the, the mistakes I made, I guess. Um, one was my thank you card didn't have my website on it. And in my head, I was like, you know, they've already purchased from me, so I don't need my website on there. And I just have my Instagram handles. But in hindsight, in case people Insta story things, especially for influencers, the fact that my website wasn't like easily on there in case they Insta storied it to make it visible, that was like a bit of a mistake. It's not a huge oversight because it was just a thank you note, but that's to me, it was a bit of an error. So next time my thank you notes will have my website on there just so it's like nice, plain and clear. Um, the influencer sendouts arrived early for some people. So I didn't anticipate, you know, I sent them on the Thursday and thought, okay, they'll all arrive on the Monday. So the influencers that I'm friends with, they won't promote it until it arrives on the Monday and I launch on Monday. So that's good timing. I wanted to make sure that, you know, I'm not the kind of company that's like, creating hype before it, you know, like I wanted to be like, if someone comes from, you know, Emily Hembro's page, I need to have my product for sale then, like on, you know, available right there and then, because they're not coming back. They're not going to read it and go like, oh yeah, available Monday. I'll come back in three days. That's not going to happen. So I kind of missed the delivery dates, I guess. So I sent them out on Thursday and there were some influencers who received it the same day on the Gold Coast. And so they started posting on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so I'd say about 50% of them kind of posted beforehand. Um, so like that was you know, amazing. I'm super grateful for that. But that to me was a little bit of a misstep. Uh, next time I would make sure that they don't arrive until the launch happens. However, I did pick up some followers from it. So they would have gotten, you know, reminded when I posted it myself, but that was a little minor detail as well. That was a bit of a misstep. I think postage has been a big issue. Um, you know, it's something that was out of my hands. And so that has become very difficult. Pretty much everything in this process I've been able to have control over. And as you know, I'm a control freak. Um, and so putting that into somebody else's hands because I don't control or know the decision making on that because I was relying on somebody else's expertise has been difficult for me. Um, and I appreciate everything my dad did, but none of us anticipated how many orders I would get and how many bulk orders I would get. I thought people would just show me some support and order one pad, but that hasn't been the case. You know, we had someone that ordered 13 quote books. Somebody ordered five bundles, you know, so there were big numbers and there were people in other countries and I didn't anticipate that many people overseas would purchase. So, you know, it's all a guessing game. So postage has been a bit of a difficult one because we kind of prepared more for it to be simple send outs. And then they kind of got like a bit more complicated. So I wasn't prepared with like big boxes that were branded. I just had to find boxes that we had around the office with like, you know, that used to have all of my notepads in it, took them out. And now I'm shipping that out for an order, you know, because I wasn't prepared for those bigger items. That's something that I kind of, you know, it's, it's a hard line because you don't want to over-prepare. And I've said on Insta Story a few times, you know, it's so hard to know if I'll get 10 orders or 100 orders. And everyone was like, you know, reach for the stars, a 1,000 orders, Courtney, don't play small. And it's like I understand that. However, it's not smart to start a business and be like, you know what, I believe in myself. I'm going to get 5,000 orders. Order 5,000 of everything. That's not realistic. And when you're putting your own money into something – you have to make sure that you're being realistic. So I just didn't think that there would be that many big orders. So I didn't kind of cater for that, I guess. Um, and that assumption was a bit wrong. So I, I something that I'm, I'm mindful of for next time. But by the same token, had I anticipated it, did I need to have you know, you have to buy minimums of these postage boxes? I'm not sure that I got that many. So I don't know. That's another thing that like you need to think about. Um, the other thing is that um, I don't know what I'm doing next. <laughs> um, I have all of these ideas of what I want to do, but a lot of them are sort of a long-term execution. And so 
now I have like, I just thought I would do like this launch and just see what happens. Then next year I'll start working on bigger things. But now I'm getting people being like, oh my God, what's next? Oh my God, I want this. Can you do ones that are like aimed more at men? Which, you know, like if like I'm being my own personality, I'm like, you know, men can wear pink too. It doesn't really matter, you know, and I don't really like making stationery for certain genders. That's not really my vibe. Um, but I do understand as well that men have a different aesthetic sometimes that they want to go with. But you know what? Men is really niche for me. I don't have many of my demo or male. And also typically stationery is a women's demo. Women like to write lists and things. It's not something that men will often buy a lot of, which is why the whole industry is geared towards women. And I'm not sure I want to play in a niche male market, especially when I don't have many males following me. Um, so that's a very hard market to speak to. So that would have to be like a real long game, but I'm getting lots of feedback. People like, oh, I want some plain ones or I want no times. I want times. I want this smaller. I want this bigger. And it's like, you know, you open up the leaf floodgates with that. But, you know, it's great to get all that feedback. And now I'm feeling like, oh, shit, like what is next? Because all the ideas I have are really long-term ideas and maybe I need to kind of think about what I can do more in the short term. Do I do something like over Christmas? Do I I put together some more bundles for Christmas? I don't know. Like do I try to release another product before the end of the year? You know, it's like I'm now a bit like, ah. It's such a good problem to have because I wasn't expecting this response. I thought that I would just be like a bit low key about it and just do more in the new year. But now it's like I'm having people who are really invested, which is just so amazing. But now I'm like, oh shit, what do I do now? And I think I also kind of underestimated this whole process. I was like, oh yeah, there'll be a big day on launch day and then that's it. But no. I potentially have to come in every day and pack more orders because it's just me doing this pretty much. My dad is helping me a little bit with like the finer details of things, um, but pretty much I'm packing all of the orders on my own. And so it's like, wow, I've, I've created something that I have to do something on every single day. And like, and they're like, oh God, I've got to post on the Instagram every single day. What are the Insta stories that I'm doing? And so, you know, I, I guess I didn't really think through this side hustle impact on my life as well. You know, I have, I run two other, I own two other businesses and I'm a creative director for a third. I'm also still going through cancer treatment. I have a podcast. There's a bloody lot on my plate. And it's like, I forgot that every day I'm going to have to come in and pack these orders. You know, it's a great problem to have, but I guess I didn't fully think everything through. So that's something that I don't know why, but I just thought it would be like a couple of days and it still could be, you know, the orders have definitely slowed down. Um, but I guess once people start receiving their orders, other people will Insta story about it and people will be like, oh, that's a cute notepad. I want to get that too, you know? And so this could be like an ongoing thing, which is obviously what the goal is. But I think in my head, it was like, I was releasing a capsule collection and then it was just going to stop there. And next year I'll release something else and it will start up again. But that's not really what it is. Like I was, I guess that was a little bit small minded, I guess, because I just didn't expect to get the response that I did. What a great problem to bloody have. Um, and another thing that I did definitely have learned or reinforce something I already knew that I said that a small number of dedicated people that are engaged is key. And I have taken you guys along from this journey from the very beginning. One, because I knew that this is the kind of content that you like. You like seeing the behind the scenes of what I do every day at work. So I thought it's so on brand for me to share building this side gig. Like, yeah, everyone does this, like something is coming secret stuff, but that's not really on brand for me. If I just turned around last week and just said, I'm launching a stationary collection, go buy it in a few days. You all would have been like, what? Huh? That's random. And wouldn't have gotten it because I have a small following. If I'm a big, big influencer with like, you know, a million followers, when you launch something like that, it's, you can have a large impact. But I knew that I couldn't achieve that. So I had to make sure that you felt like you were along for the ride. And you guys have helped me every step of the way. You've given me feedback about the color schemes that you really liked and the size of things that you wanted and like what, you know, all of that kind of stuff has really helped build what I'm doing here. And it's that journey that has also made everybody feel invested that it's like, this is the notepad that you helped vote for. And, you know, it's come to fruition for you guys. So that's been like a a really important thing for me to document everything along the way, um, you know, because that's what my 
my Instagram is all about documenting the highs and the lows. You know, last night on my Insta story, I talked about how amazing this launch is, but also how hard it has been. I'm really tired. Like, you know, I'm going through cancer treatment, which already makes me very tired. It makes my thought processes take a lot longer. I get confused easily. My memory is not really very good either, which I've said many times. And then trying to do this on my own has been really hard with those things also on top. And I'm not going to lie, the other day there were some issues with postage that I didn't know how to fix And I was asking my dad for help and he was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure. And I just felt like crying. I was like, I don't know what to do. What the fuck do I do? I'm so tired. I just want to crawl up into a ball and go to sleep. You know, it's like, but I've got to fix this problem, you know, and then you go into like action stations. All right, like what can we do to fix it? But there's definitely a point there where it was like my emotions are like really high at the minute because I'm I'm running on empty and I'm going to be doing that until basically December, uh, mid-December, I guess. I've just got to get through this period, just hang on. I'm, I'm putting in place all these coping mechanisms I've been talking about on this podcast, don't you worry. And, you know, but it's very real that this has a big impact on your emotions and your mental health as well. Like I'm feeling like mentally good, but the extra stress that it's putting on me is definitely like harder to compartmentalize, you know, side gig, three other businesses that I'm working or operating. It's a, it's a lot on your plate. And then to also have cancer treatment as well. And in the back of my mind, you know, I'm, I have those lumps in my body that we're not sure what they are yet. And I've got another month before I can get them tested. You know, that's always plays in your mind too. So there's just a lot of stuff that kind of goes on mentally um, as well. And it is difficult. So whilst I have said that I've turned around this in 45 days, it hasn't been easy. That's for sure. I haven't really had much of a social life. I've worked every moment I'm awake. I've also been awake a lot more because I'm stressed, so I'm not sleeping as well as I would. So I'm getting up a lot earlier, working a lot more, you know, and that that does eventually run someone down, but I just got to hold on till the mid, mid December. And then I get, it will be closed for um, Christmas and I can have a bit of a break then. But yeah, but yeah, the other thing that I sort of, I learned is that like, yeah, it's scary it's scary to launch something and put yourself out there and then wait for a response. But it's so important to have people around you that support you and that talk you up and, you know, don't listen to the naysayers. If you don't have any support around you, be your own support system. Um, and don't wait. You know, Marie Folio says the key to success is to start before you're ready. And it's so true. I was not ready. Um, But I was like, you know what, I've got to practice what I preach, put my money where my mouth is, all of the cliches and do this because I've been saying to my followers and to my listeners for months and months and months, like do what scares you, take small steps. And what I had originally meant was like to change your life for the better, which I was already doing in other ways, but this was like the final step for me. Um, And then the other thing I was actually asked about was like, you know, when you've got not much time, how do you weigh up things being perfect before you put them out. And for me, it was kind of like, you know what, if this is 80% there or 90% there, then that's enough. I need to, whatever I can do in this timeline has to be enough, you know, and I really, I stand by every single product that I release. There's nothing that I would change on them. Yes, I could have spent more days and made more designs and maybe I would have liked them more, but I was happy with what I had. So I went with that. And it was about like, don't give yourself more options, Courtney, just what you've had time to make. Do you love them? Yes. Choose which color you love the best or whatever people voted. Go with that. Don't make more. I could have spent hours doing more color schemes and then people were messaging like, what about yellow? What about this color? It's like, no, 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 no. We're choosing from these colors and then we're moving forward. You know, so at some point you've got to call it and just say like, what I can do within this time limit is where we're headed, you know, and that's, you've got to be satisfied with that. You know, there are always going to be things that you can fix and change, but if you wait and wait and wait, you'll never do anything. So yeah, that was basically it. I think I've shared as much as I like can really remember or can think about. Um, Yeah. I mean, there are obviously going to be little things that I'm not going to share as much as I can. I feel like I've gone into it with you. And if there are more questions, I'm happy to answer those. Um, But I hope that maybe this has helped you. And I just want to make it clear, like 
I don't really know what I'm doing here. You know, Sam is the product-based business genius guy and he has very limited time. I definitely used him as a sounding boy for a few things and I got in a bit of time to ask him some questions. But as a whole, I've done a majority of this myself, so it's definitely not perfect. It's not something I would model things off of. But what I think I have done well is I hyped this up to a point where people were on my side and were on my team and felt like they were a part of the journey. And that is what I think I did best. And I backed myself and I was like, you know what? I think that these designs are cute. I've made them. I think I'm good at making things like this. Like you can do it. I backed myself in my skill set. I was like, you know what? I don't know how to make websites, but I think I'm smart enough to figure it out. So I'm going to do it. You know, and it's just about figuring that out. And the things that I knew weren't my strong suit I asked for help. So yeah, I think that's all I can really share. Attitude, gratitude, do I ever need to say it? I think you know how grateful I am for this. Like bloody hell, I can't believe like so many orders. If I I think I said to myself, like if I get 50, I'll be blown away. If I can get 20 orders, like I'll be happy with that. That's not like a complete failure to get 150, you know, I think I had 130 by the time I posted that evening. And I think it was, yeah, I think maybe by the time I went to sleep, I was maybe at like 140. And then within 48 hours, we were like at 170 or something. And obviously it's like slowed right down. Everyone was there for the launch. Um, But yeah, I'm almost at 200 orders now. And I'm just blown away because so many people bought so many items. It wasn't just like one little thing that you bought. You didn't just show up and buy a pen, you know? And so that's been just so amazing. Also with the pen, that was just like, I jumped online overseas, found a supplier, had samples sent, sent them my logo, chose the colors I wanted and they shipped to here. That was like literally the easiest thing that I did, the pen thing. <laughs> I just had a bunch of different samples that I liked that I found online sent to me, um, used them all, tested them all, chose the colors I like and then placed an order. That was pretty simple. Um, so yeah, just so thankful for all of your support. One, for listening to this. Two, for sharing my stuff, buying my stuff, telling people about it. Like I just, I'm blown away by strangers supporting me and like feeling like they're a part of this journey. Like obviously that's, that was my goal to make you feel like you're a part of it because you truly are. You are helping me, you know, one with the confidence, you know, like supporting me when I'm feeling down Two, voting on these things, giving me this feedback. Like you are a huge part of the journey. It's just not that I'm trying to make you feel that way. I'm trying to, you know, because you are, it's not like a fake thing. You literally are part of it. And in my head, I was like, wow, what if they vote a color that I don't love the most? <laughs> like, do I let them do that? But it, uh, luckily they all came out back with what I loved anyway. Um, but you know, it's been just, it's wild. Even though I knew that a small amount of people that are engaged can do a lot, it really just blew me away that it's like, wow, for strangers, they would support me so much is just like amazing. And I don't know why I was that shocked because I do that. I follow people and I don't know them. And I'm like, they're releasing merch. I need it. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course. So I, you know, it does make sense. And obviously I share a lot with you guys. And so you do feel really connected to me and people say they, they feel like these podcasts are me chatting to them. And, you know, that's obviously the goal. And I do speak to a lot of you in my DMs. A lot of people share some very personal stories with me and that's amazing. And yeah, it's just, wow like blown away, absolutely blown away. So that's my attitude of gratitude, all of you guys for the support. And this week's thought of the week, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Arthur Ashe. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I'll be back next Tuesday with a new app. But in the meantime, write those goals down, get an action in place and protect the skin you're in. Follow me at Courtney Mangan at She Was a Fire at Courtney Mangan Co. Subscribe and share. Bye.